This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Uh, we're back off the road for a short time here. A week. A week, yeah. We were down in Mobile, Alabama last weekend for the Teach Them Diligently conference and had to make a quick trip back here because Monday afternoon I had to pick up election equipment to prepare for working the election on Tuesday. I'm a precinct judge. Mm -hmm. And so we had to drive a very long day a long way on sunday i think we drove 560 miles or something like that and that may not sound like all that far to you but i tell you what mm. after working all weekend at the conference it was enough 560 was miles is a long way we try not to go longer than about 350 because when you're doing it day after day after day you just can't keep it up going high mile, high mileage right and, and so that's normally how we plan but in this case we had to make it a, a faster trip and so but you know what? It, it really, I thought it went much better than I feared it would uh, for a couple of reasons. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. First, I think it's that we made a new policy a couple of years ago mm -hmm. after stroke scare. Right. That after talking to the doctor, we decided, okay, we're going to get out of the van every two hours. Mm -hmm. So every two hours, we stop for gas, go to the bathroom, or stop at a park or something, and mm -hmm. just get out and move a little bit. And that's a good opportunity to rotate drivers, mm -hmm. you know, because we believe young adults should be driving as soon as they're legally allowed. So we've got two of them still at home, plus you and I, we can swap out. So that helps. But, you know, one thing that really helped was this time we had a brand new audio book that my son Caleb had recorded called The Witness. And it was about, what, eight hours long? It's about eight hours long. It's about eight hours long. And it, you know what? We had a, more than eight hours on the road, and it was a good story. That, yeah, that really helped. Listening to audiobooks really helps pass the time. So if, you're, if you are planning any trips, even if it's not uh, 560 miles at a pop, We've got some fantastic audiobooks, some, some classic Christian literature, some really good historical things. If you go out to our website, RaisingRealMen.com, and just look in the shop. So, yeah, I think audiobooks help. I, I think getting out helps because you just you don't get so stiff and sore, I think, when you get out and move around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and trading drivers helps the driver. It, it, you can do it. You don't want to do it day after day. We've got another long one coming up. We are going to be heading to, um, we're going to, be heading to South Florida in route to Orlando. Now, you know, we're going to drive right past Orlando, but the deal is we're going to be at the Teach Them Diligently conference in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And the next weekend, we are going to be at the Florida Parent Educators Association conference in Orlando. That's a big, super huge conference. But in the meantime, we've got some friends with a house down near Sarasota who invited us to go spend a few days downtime between those two. And so in order to make the most of our time on the beach, we're going to have another very long drive. Yeah, much longer. <clears throat> on the way down. So. And so our poor son, who mm -hmm. is, he works from his home, so he's mm -hmm. able to move around. Mm -hmm. He's going to be house-sitting, and our neurotic dogs can keep him company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our dogs love it when everybody's home. They're completely relaxed. We have two black labs. Yeah. But the more people leave, the more nervous they get. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and the, the last man standing gets all of the dog anxiety. Yes. <laughs> they become very clingy, needy, 
um, pets that want lots and lots of affirmation. I think they're afraid that if the if he leaves, who's going to serve them kibbles? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, there's some self-preservation in there, I'm sure. But any rate, anyway, he gets all need, the dog love. Yes, we need to get on to what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> okay, so we're we're going through some some frequently asked questions, some real life things that people have asked us. Just kind of, in, this is part of our celebration of 200 episodes in the archives. Woo! And one of the things, this boy, this is a good one. Somebody asked, what do, what can you recommend for discipline? that without breaking the spirit okay and and that's that's kind of a catchphrase i think you kind of need to unpack that a little bit yeah you know <clears throat> you know what do you what do you mean by by breaking their spirit i mean when somebody asks that question well i think i think there's a couple of things there i mm-hmm. think it's destroying the trust between you i yeah I think that's it. And, you know, <clears throat> when scriptures say that, you know, fathers are not to provoke their children to wrath, I think yes. that's that's part of that problem area. Um, to me, it says fear. Because if, if I think of a young person with a broken spirit, I see, like, fearsome fearfulness, you know, that, that there, there's, no, there's no ambition, there's no courage, there's no adventure left. It's all very broken. And I think that's... I think maybe that's what's underlying that question. How can I, how can I, discipline my child who desperately needs discipline, without destroying something on the inside? Well, there's a couple of things. First, yeah, I think it's breaking the spirit or mm-hmm. wounding the spirit. I mm-hmm. think we've got to discipline without either instilling fear or anger. Right. You know, because First John four eighteen says, "Perfect love casts out fear." Right, and and that love that he's talking about there is is agape. That's the Christian ideal. Right. You know, that uh, that perfect Christian love casts out fear and terror and you know alarm and that that kind of fright. And and on the other side, you know, <coughs> Ephesians six four says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger." Yeah. And so we're not to provoke our children to anger or fear. I think. Mm-hmm. How do we How do we do that? They need discipline. Well, that's yeah. I think that's without question. I mean, just for, just as a parent, sanity sake, you know, you you said they need some discipline. They need some training. This is the uh, socialization of the home, if you will. You know, we don't want them to grow up to be unruly and unmanageable people. But well, you know, some people don't, though don't really take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. But you know when. When I read what Hebrews says about it, mm-hmm. talking about God's discipline of us, yeah. it says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Mm-hmm. But if you're without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you're illegitimate and not sons. So that's for, that's Hebrews twelve seven. That's an important verse. And it says, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Yeah. And it goes on to say how we need to, to respect the father. It's almost as if saying... You know, the obedience that you learned from the discipline of your parents should point you to your attitude toward God. Yes. And that, that tells us something right there. That Oh, it tells us something super important. Uh, that, a bunch of things, really. That <clears throat> our discipline should point our kids toward mm-hmm. the gospel. Yeah. And that we should strive to discipline them in the same manner that God disciplines us, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean it's without discomfort. Because, you know, if we continue to read this... That passage, how? Right. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? 
mm-hmm. for they indeed for a few days chastened us mm-hmm. as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Mm-hmm. Now no chastening seems joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Okay, so peace, not fright and alarm. Yep. And the fact that it is unpleasant, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean, you know, harsh physical discipline. It could be simply other forms of discipline that are just not pleasant for the child. That's part of the process. Yes. It's supposed to be a disincentive, you know. But I, now, one thing I do, I did want to kind of mention in here. And, and let me link this up. Um, we need to recognize something that although we are in a fashion, we're sort of like in the place of God, you know, that our parenting, our children is an illustration to them of God's love for his people. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, there's there's a difference because we aren't God. No, we can't know what's in their hearts. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, and in, in James chapter 1, you know, we're warned that the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. But you know what? The, the the wrath of God works the righteousness of God. Yes. Because God is holy and just and knows perfectly. And he knows the outcome and, you know, he knows what we deserve and everything else. But we have to, we have to come at the disciplinary question, I think, with some humility. Yes. To recognize that we are limited. We don't know their heart. We don't know the whole situation perfectly. That we've got sin, too, that we mm-hmm. are... We have been like them, and we still, sin may be getting in the way of us seeing the situation rightly. And, and see, the reason why I want to bring that up is because there are some popular parenting teachers out there that that have such a, they've got an unbalanced and unbiblical view of mankind's righteousness that they try to, they try to put man really in God's place to say things like, you know, you need to punish that child until they are sweet. Um, yeah, that what? would have been disastrous with our first. He was so hard-headed. Yeah. If we had done that, I, it would not have been safe or right. No. I mean, how's that, um, that going to work? I mean, because, that you know, what if you start with a misunderstanding on your part as a parent yeah. and you go in with that guns a-blazing approach? I mean, I think that that's, that's a recipe for disaster. It is. And, and, the other, and the other thing, too, I think some of the same teachers say, well, you need to you need to withdraw from the child and withhold love and withhold affection and affirmation and all until they they come to you with a proper attitude and you know abject repentance but wait the word of god says that while we were yet sinners christ died for the ungodly Mm -hmm. and we loved him we love him because he first loved us and I think that's an important thing, too. You know, God disciplines us, yes, but God pays the ultimate penalty for us. Yes. You know, that God doesn't, God doesn't just stand there and thunder at us in his, in his holiness, although certainly he could, but rather he steps in and offers the Redeemer, yes. offers forgiveness, offers grace and, and redemption, um, you know, without just, it's not all about judgment. Right. And, and so our discipline has got to be tempered. It's got to be there's got to be humility there's got to be self-restraint out of the understanding that we too are sinners we we don't obey our father perfectly either do we and and so when we come to this we need to come to it with a little bit of fear and trembling saying god gives us this task but it's not meant for us to come storming in and be the be the tyrant of our household i think it's important to to recognize there are other teachers who 
believe that there's no such thing as original sin. Mm-hmm. And so they deal pretty harshly with infants because they believe if that if the infant's not born with a sin nature, mm-hmm. that therefore if he does something wrong, he must have chosen and he's in active defiance against you. It was a willful act of rebellion that he squirmed on the diaper table. Yeah, and so they have you disciplining <clears throat> infants before you've taught them. And I can't support that. You well, know? no. You know, one of the things that, that comes to mind when I think of that is that, you know, it, it says, and I've got a reference somewhere here, that um, that where there is no law, that sin is not imputed. Yes. You know, that there is a law that's written on our conscience, but I don't think that a six-month-old baby has a very active conscience. No. I don't think that there's much reasoning ability in a, in a 10- or 12-month-old. No. You know, and so... The, I think, you know, we have to kind of balance a bunch of things in Scripture here before we go to extreme measures. Yeah, Romans 5.13 is that verse. Thank you. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. And so mm-hmm. let's put some parameters on it. You know, the mm-hmm. Word of God does um, allow for corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. very clear in the Word of God. Yeah. But... It does not allow for parents to anger their children, parents to injure their children, mm-hmm. you know, for parents to operate out of anger. You know, there's limits. Well, I, you know, if, if you look in the uh, look in the Old Testament law, even when even when it talked about punishing a convicted felon using physical means, there was limits to it because it says, you know, if you punish beyond a certain point, you're degrading the person. And I think, yeah. well, okay. In this case, the law was dealing with a person who had done evil, had been tried and convicted. There's no question this is a bad guy, but we don't punish them for the purpose of degrading them no. and humiliating them. And see, and that's something that... We still treat them as an image bearer. We, we still treat them as, as a one who carries the image of God, however marred and flawed their representation of it is. We show them some decent human respect even if they're our children you, okay think about that's that. really showing, interesting showing respect to our children have you ever thought of that oh yeah okay yeah. deuteronomy 25 mm-hmm. says 40 blows may give him and no more lest he should exceed this and beat him with many blows above these and your brother be humiliated in your sight yeah interesting and of course we're so, not saying we're not saying well you can give 40 swats uh, to your no, child we're not talking no we're, we're not t- we're, that's, that's, that's talking about cr- adult we're, criminals we're talking mosaic law adult <laughs> criminals but the yeah. principle being even in that bad and clear of a case, there's a limit. Still, there's a limit. There Still, is, there is a limit. You can't humiliate. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of this we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's take a moment mm-hmm. and thank our sponsors. Right. And then let's dig into this more deeply, okay? Yeah, I think there's a lot that I'd like to say about this, okay? Okay. So, what I'd like to say right now is thank you to our sponsors, our friends at schoolhouseteachers.com. Who keep adding amazing, fascinating, helpful courses mm-hmm. that you can, they're self-paced. You don't mm-hmm. have to start at a certain time, end at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But what a fantastic resource and for a minimal cost every month. You know, it's even less than that now. Did you know that they're running a special through the month of May? If you're listening to this, May 2018, throughout this month, if you go to schoolhouseteachers.com, we ask you please use the link on our show page. That would be great. Oh, but, my word. It's less than $10 a month right now. Right. 
and it's less than a hundred dollars for the whole year. And you can have you can sign up all fifteen of your children, and you and your wife and your your stepkids and everybody can well, take I've courses been, for that same price. I've been learning from the graphics design course. I was telling one of our sons, mm-hmm. he, there's a photography, some photography stuff out there you ought yeah. to look at. Yeah, it's a really good resource because. It keeps the parents in charge. You're yep. in charge. You've got to do the grading and check on them. Mm-hmm. It keeps you in charge, but there's all these resources for things that you may not be comfortable teaching. Mm-hmm. So just recommend, you want to check out Schoolhouse Teachers. This is a great program. And if you come to the show page, come to howlandmelanie.com slash radio and click on the link on our show page. That is an affiliate link, which will also help support this ministry. And we appreciate your help. Yeah. If you pay by the year, mm-hmm. it's only eight twenty five a month right now. That's awesome. My word, that is, I mean, yeah. what's that? A, a couple of hamburgers? Seriously. Oh, man. Okay, so <coughs> sure, check them out. We appreciate their support. They're great people. Okay, now. All right, so we're talking about discipline. We're talking about discipline. Okay, and so, we're talking so, about how that mm-hmm. the Bible allows corporal punishment, but mm-hmm. there's limits. Mm-hmm. You can't humiliate them. Right. You can't operate in anger because mm-hmm. the Bible promises you it won't work. Wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Well, James you, 120. You know, one of the things I found helped me with that was to just think about the image of a courtroom judge. Yes. You know, a courtroom judge doesn't lose his cool. The law's on his side. He's going to win at the end of the day. He has the final word. And so he can be patient and judicial and calm even in the face of being provoked. That's and a good so, idea for well, us. Well, see, I think to, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Mm-hmm. I think so often we feel out of control. We feel like everything's out of control. And so that's why we lose our temper. I think also we take it personally. How could you do this to me? How could you ruin my day? Mm -hmm. And we forget that when our kids are in sin, it's about them rebelling against God. Yeah. And that makes me not get so angry, but get more worried. You know what? Discipline comes from the same root word as disciple. Yes. And, you know, our goal in discipline is not just to train behavior, and it's certainly not just to punish a child and get it out of our system, but rather to lead them to Christ, to get, to guide them. You know, the law is our tutor to lead us to Christ. That's what it says in Galatians, that we want to we want to use discipline to train them to look to Christ, to follow God's commandments, to live in a way that's pleasing to Him. Which, by the way, if our children are walking in truth, that's good for us. We like that. There's two more things I want to say about physical discipline. Mm-hmm. First of all, it needs to be phased out in the preteens. And you can tell when it's time to stop if you watch their eyes. Because you will see they start to get angry and they start to get humiliated. And then it is time to stop. It's time to discipline another way. Mm -hmm. Because they're changing. They're becoming sexual beings. They're changing. Mm -hmm. It's impacting them a different way. Yeah. The other thing is you don't need to go to physical discipline for every infraction. That's something that I think... You know, we did wrong with our earlier kids, with our older kids, mm-hmm. because all the advice we're seeing, we were seeing in those very early years yeah. was, you know, oh, you've got to spank, you've got to do this. And yeah. yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of kids who need spanking. But Well, and we had a house full of boys. Yes. And, that, and so they, they felt like there was a lot of reinforcement there. But, but I think you should probably rever- re- reserve that for active rebellion. And there's lots yeah. of other forms of, of correction that work in different circumstances. Let's talk mm-hmm. about those. Okay. Well, all right. There, here, here's a couple of examples. You know, there's, um, you can take away privileges, which includes like, I'm sorry, you can't play with this toy or you can't play with your 
iPad or whatever, yeah. if it's appropriate. I always try to, you know, make sure that the punishment is appropriate for the crime, not to say, well, you are, um, you forgot to feed the dog, so you can't, you can't play with your iPad. But if he's playing on his iPad when he should have been feeding the dog. Well, then, okay, but then that's part of the problem. Right. So restrictions. So so restrictions, loss of privileges or something. Yeah. Um, Restitution, like, you know, you, what you did caused your brother more work. Maybe mm -hmm. you should take one of his chores. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you stole something belonging to your sister. You stole her the candy that she got for Christmas, and you ate it. Well, you need to replace that. Or you ate the ingredients for the family's dessert. Get in the car and go get some more. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, sometimes just a verbal rebuke is all that's needed. Sometimes you've got a sensitive kid and just giving them the mama look and saying, "Well, we. How did you just say that to me?" Well, this. I mean, there have been some. There have been some children in our family who needed lots of hands-on correction. And then others that if you just look at them funny, they, they you know, it's like, oh, yeah. no, the displeasure of my parents. This is ruining my afternoon. You know, okay, those you don't need to, you don't need to be quite as assertive in your discipline. Although you do need to be careful to watch your tone then because they can take, you know, they can take it to heart when you don't mean it. Yeah. And sometimes the natural consequences, <clears throat> you know, I told you to get ready and mm-hmm. you piddled around and now we're ready to leave and you're not ready to leave. Well, teenager, <clears throat> guess you don't get to go with us. Um, you know, one thing I saw, I'm not sure I recommend this, but it's an interesting story. We did show up for church one warm uh, summer morning and one of the elders in our church was walking in and his uh, middle school age son was walking in barefoot. And we, <laughs> and, we and we said, um brother what's up and he says well we were on the way to church he knew it was time to get his shoes on we told him to get his shoes on he fiddled around and then he couldn't find them and we said i'm sorry it's time to go get in the van and it's a warm day and we're in the south and there's no harm to come from it hopefully he will learn from the embarrassment and so well i'm not sure i have to recommend that but that certainly was was probably effective it was was appropriate for the for the offense you know as i was thinking through this a verse came to mind, and I'd never applied it in this way before. But, you know, we probably have all heard Micah 6, 8. It says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And I thought, wow, that applies to discipline. You know what? That There's so many ways that applies to discipline because, you know, we're called to, we're called to act with justice. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? With our kids, we really do need to be, as James says, be um, quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath because we need to hear what really has been going on. Because sometimes we don't know. That's so embarrassing when you haul into a child mm-hmm. only to find out that you misunderstood the situation. Yeah. If you do that, you need to humbly apologize and repent mm-hmm. because you blew it. Yeah. And so, you know, we need to yeah, know. Don't, what don't be afraid to apologize to your kids when you need to. Right. Well, okay. So he says to love mercy. You know, that's one of those things that when we punish in anger, all right, we already have the promise. It's not going to be effective. And we run the risk of doing, you know, some sort of harm to our child uh, in anger. So we, we, you know, we want to act with mercy and restraint in that regard, not degrading them. And, and here's an interesting thing. We've always made a point to punish our children privately. You know, I remember I remember one time um, visiting a church that had a little flyer in the in the uh, um, the the bulletin. Apparently, they had a problem because some of the people in the church had been passing around one of these really extreme parenting manuals, and if their child 
disbehaved at all in church. They just reach over and swat them. Whap. Wow. And the pastor said, you know, this is a distraction. If you need to <laughs> no discipline your child, then take them out, administer whatever correction you feel is right, and then come back. But don't, you know, don't just lean over and go, whop, right there in the middle of church. Wow. Okay. But, you know, don't degrade your, your child in their person, in their dignity. You know, we discipline our children privately as much as possible so that it's purely a matter of them and their sin and their relationship with God. Also, sometimes forgiveness and mercy is appropriate because... Mm-hmm. You know, I hear parents saying, usually young parents, I hear parents saying, well, you've got to do the same thing every time. You've got to be consistent. But hell, we're not dogs. Our kids are intelligent human beings. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if you if you show mercy and mm-hmm. and not punish for something sometime, that then they're going to run ragged. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like your dog who, who doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not training dogs. We're teaching dogs. <laughs> eternal souls yeah and i think sometimes we learn more from mercy Mm -hmm. you know i can remember times that i deserved to be in trouble Mm -hmm. and when i received mercy i was just so grateful and i was determined not to be in that position again okay so love mercy and the final one is to walk humbly with your god yes that comes back to that humility issue to recognize that god has perfect knowledge and perfect righteousness and perfect justice and we just are a, a sad, you know, a sad mirror reflection of it. There's another part of that, too, though. Mm-hmm. Some of the same people who don't believe that that children are born with a sin nature also mm-hmm. believe that they can grow to the point in their Christian life that they no longer sin, which I find it hard to believe anybody can believe that. You know, the few but people I've do. met who believe that show evidence that they haven't attained it yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a very nice way to put that, Hal. Um, but, you know, I think that that is part of of walk hum, walking humbly with your God is to realize we are sinners. And, some, and we make mistakes and we do things wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're sinners ourselves in need of mercy and grace. I remember that when our first child was, was you know, still an infant. And I remember changing his diaper one day. In my, you know, fatigued, bleary head, I'm watching him. I'm thinking, this poor child, you know, he is just like me. He is a sinner. You know, he's selfish. He, he's, he's fussy. He's, you know, demanding. And you know what? If I'm honest, so am I. And he, and he inherited that from me. Yeah. And we're here to, to help him along when he's small. And when he's older, maybe he'll be helping us along some too. And recognize that we're all we're all need needful of a savior. Every single one of us, from the start to finish, we're all in need of God's grace. So, you know, those are the things. I, I just thought that, that verse really does does apply to this. Well, it's so important that our discipline points our kids to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we learn from Lou Lou Priello's book, The Heart of Anger, which you can mm-hmm. find on our site, folks. Yep. Mm-hmm. F- kind of a four-step process to go through with our kids mm-hmm. about um, uh, leading them into into discipline. Yeah. So that first thing, when you've got, you caught them, now it's time to deal with them. Ask them, you know, what did you do? Just like God said to Adam, Adam, where are you? Yeah. You know. God knew where Adam God was. God knew where Adam was. He, but he, he needed Adam to recognize that he had gone astray. So first you ask, what did you do? And you have to stay with them until they finally, you know, get through all their smoke screens and say, okay, well, 
you know, I, I pushed my little brother down or whatever it is. Was that wrong? And that's where the real pinch point is because they will do everything in their power to keep from admitting they were wrong. Right. Because Satan does not want them to admit they're wrong because you don't admit you're wrong. You can't repent. There's no repentance unless there's confession. And so, all right. So what did you do? Was that wrong? Okay. Then you can ask, well, what should you have done? That calls them to reflect on that a little bit and maybe show, yeah, they knew better. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have to say, hmm, okay, that changes my plan a little bit because obviously they've never encountered this. I never told them how to deal with it. That's my fault as a parent. But, you know, so ask use them, that teachable moment. But, you know, what should you have done? And then you ask them, do you want to be forgiven? And you got to use biblical language there. Don't right. just say, mm-hmm. are you sorry? Because, yeah, they're sorry. They're sorry they got caught. They're sorry their sister's a snitch. I'm sorry for what I'm about to receive, yeah, but, I'm, no. but I'm not repentant. No, do you want to be forgiven? Because Mm -hmm. we want to model for them what they need to do with the Father. And and what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is going to the person that you've offended and say, I have sinned against you. I have offended you. I have caused you grief. And I broke our relationship. And now I can't fix it. And so are you willing to reach back across the bridge that I broke? And overlook my sin. And, and let that go by. And that's what forgiveness is. And that's and then we have to forgive them too. And that's it's so important. Three. We've got to forgive them because mm-hmm. God forgives us. Mm-hmm. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Isaiah mm-hmm. 118. Yep. Yep. That's how we want to be forgiven. That's the way God forgives us. And recognize, yeah, recognize, you know, that, that it says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he placed our iniquities from us. You know, when God forgives us, he puts them far away from us. We need to strive to do that with our children as well. Even if they've done it three times this week. Even 70 times seven, Jesus said. Yes, exactly. And we need to restore them. We need to embrace them to show affection, to restore them to fellowship, Mm -hmm. just as God accepts us when he looks on us and sees the righteousness of Christ. And are there still consequences? Yeah, there are. There's still, I mean, the lamp is still broken. The last cookie was still eaten. Whatever. There's still still consequences that come from our sin, but the relationship being restored is the crucial point here. Well, and when the relationship is restored, Mm -hmm. lots of times the sin is not, the consequences are not that onerous to bear so that's that's kind of that's our answer that there's a lot more that could be said but i think that's enough to work on just to say if you keep that that principle of micah 6 8 in mind you know to do justly to love mercy to walk humbly with god i think that'll keep you out of a lot of trouble and it will give you some guidance in the things that you ought to do and um hey look you know speaking of relationships we'll change gears a little bit we have got an announcement. We have chosen a site for our marriage retreat for the fall. Whee! Yay! We're going to be in the beautiful Golden Hills of Western North Carolina, October 19th through 21st. Which, you know, we never can tell, but they're predicting that to be the peak of leaf season. And it's right in the middle of the apple harvest. Oh, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. This is The place we're staying is just a few miles from, uh, from a, a state forest where they have filmed you know, the Hunger Games, and they filmed The Last of the Mohicans, and, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And it's not that far from Biltmore right, and right. the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's beautiful. But this is this, anyway, is, our, this is called our Come Away Weekend. So head out to RaisingRealMen.com, click the shop, mm-hmm. scroll down to live events, and you'll see it there. We'd love for you to join us. Yes. 
Okay, and let's see, anything else we need to mention? Of course, no, we just love to see you as we're traveling around the country. We're going to be in Myrtle Beach for Teach Them Diligently next weekend. Then Orlando. Orlando for the FPEA. We're going to be in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for the uh, NCHE Thrive Conference. Columbus, Ohio for Teach Them Diligently. Mm-hmm. And then... We're going to be at an event in Knoxville. Oh, gosh, I keep forgetting. Yes, yes, Knoxville, we're going to be there. And then we're going to be in Pasadena, California. For the CHIA Conference. Right. It's... We would love to see you. And if you want us to come speak to your church mm-hmm. or your family camp or whatever, mm-hmm. go to HelenMelanie.com and you can check out our speaking site. Okay. we got to go, folks. But it's been great talking to you this week. Yeah. Yes, and we hope that you'll join us again next time when we talk about taking biblical principles and applying them in a 21st century family. So until next time, I'm Hale. And I'm Melanie. And thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.